Hello, and thank you for joining us on another episode of Why Theory. As always, I am your host, Ryan Engley, joined, as always, by co-host Todd McGowan. Todd, who day? <laughs> Ryan, <laughs> you caught me with that. Uh, I don't know. Nobody, I hope. I hope it's not the Rams. I hope Man. it's not the Rams. <laughs> yeah. Um, How are you doing today? I'm doing all right. So as much as we would like to talk about the Bengals being in the Super Bowl for the first time since 1988, we will not be doing that. Instead, we are doing uh, sort of, um, this is both a listener request and, and, and trying to find a way, creative way to do something that um, I've been asked by a number of people uh, before and uh, asked for follow-up on some comments on previous episodes. And we hit on something. We hit on something with the Christmas film, the most recent one we did, which was to take a look, uh, not necessarily at specific films, although we are going to talk about specific films in this, but to look at genres. Now, we will eventually, we decided we're going to do episodes on the classical seven Hollywood genres, which are, because it took us a while to remember, uh, and so it has to pay off for something, uh, melodrama, screwball, sci-fi, gangster, horror, musical, and Western. Uh, but we are uh, kicking th- that series off in earnest with something that is uh, a development of one of those genres, and that is the superhero film. So that's correct. That is what we are that's talking correct. about today. So Todd, let's th- so let's do a little bit little bit of history. Uh, our claim: superhero film develops out of what? Out of the western. So it's interesting because I think the, the if you just immediately thought about it, I think you would say it comes out of the sci-fi film because. Mm-hmm. The Flash Gordon, the sci-fi series, we were right. talking about this before, mm-hmm. and, and and I think that would be the immediate thought. But the Western, I think, is really the crucial thing because one of the, the to to me, and I think I think we've talked about this. I think you agree that the the key to the superhero film is that it has a figure of exception mm-hmm. that it is not that is trying to do something outside the confines of the law, yeah. right? And so. And that can be good for good or for evil. It doesn't matter, right? Because there are some that where the figure is totally evil. But mm-hmm. that figure outside the confines of the law in the Western, that's the that's the whole point. That that in order to offset criminality or some kind of uh, savagery, mm-hmm. you need this. At least the claim of the Western film is you, you the figure of the law is not enough; it's insufficient. Mm-hmm. And so you need this figure outside the law to bring this domesticate this force this extra legal force that's that's challenging disrupting society now of course in its most racist manifestation mm. that you know savagery gets associated with native americans right. right so that that's so that's a that's clearly one problem with this genre that hasn't so much carried over to the superhero film i think we might talk about that but mm. um but it, it certainly but then you know as the western develops that changes right so in a in a like so the classical western of all classical westerns is shane mm. and in the case of shane it's not native americans at all it's it's um it's ranchers basically who right. are a challenge to farmers and so that's a they're the ones that don't really respect the law and shane has to come in he has this murky past he's violent but he's trying to contain himself, and right, then, right. but he has to use his violence to... And then the key thing is he has to leave at the... You know, Shane, come back, right? He, but he doesn't come back, uh, maybe because he's dead, but either way, <laughs> uh, he's he doesn't come back because he's 
cannot be integrated into the social order. And I think right. with the superhero film, that's kind of interesting because the superhero has to have an alias in order then to be integrated into the, even if, even if everyone knows who the superhero is, like Tony Stark, everyone knows Tony Stark as Iron Man, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. but when he's walking around in the society, he's not wearing the whole Iron Man garb, he's Tony Stark. So right. I think that's a, that kind of, that is really the through line is that the superhero is this extra legal force, just like the Western hero from, you know, from the figures of John Wayne and Stagecoach up through Shane and then through, and then later on, you know, again, John Wayne and Man Who, Man Who Shot Liberty Valance, right? Like mm. the same kind of structure in all those films. Yeah, you know, and, and not to, I, uh, I want very, I'm, I'm resisting um, the potential to go on a, a, in the in the direction more further in the western here. Obviously, I want to pull it back to uh, to eventually yeah, to talk yeah. about the superhero. But what's really interesting? I, I, did you see Hell or High Water from like five? Six? I did. Yeah, I think yeah, yeah. it's quite good. It's quite good because the um, it the uh, the force that has to be uh, the force that has to be mitigated. I think like the like the quote savagery of the film is uh, capital. And I, I, right. I think, right. you know, and that's, I think, quite interesting. And um, I, I think... Well, don't you think the other film that does this, it's not, it, it, it's maybe a Western for this reason, mm. is Jack Reacher. Yeah, right? yeah, like, yeah. Agreed. Jack Reacher, I think, again, it's like, we need this extra legal force to, to arrest mm. the, un, you know, this unchained capital. Yeah. This unchained force of capital. So I think you're right. Like, both those films do the same thing. And I think that's really, I think... Isn't it fascinating that the superhero film <laughs> hasn't itself hasn't really done that? No, it hasn't. Well, you know, and so this, so okay, so not not tangential at all. Gets to the point. There's um, and I think there is a, there's probably something we can come on to talk about uh, with this because one of the like if if you were looking at other um, films or characters series that also help to kind of define the contemporary uh, superhero film, you'd be looking at James Bond. Uh, I, I think right, as, right, as something right. that gets like bond at like bond plus Western or whichever way you want to put it. Um, and interestingly in, uh, in no time to die, the most recent film, uh, the, uh, I know that his name in the film is Safin, but I'm going to call him Dr. No, because that's clearly what's being referenced in the, in the film. <laughs> right. Like, so right. um, played by Rami Malek, he has a great line that I think is one of the, the in earlier episodes, uh, this is one of the things that uh, an e- uh, a listener emailed me about to say that we called superhero films a failed genre, which doesn't mean that we think they're all bad movies because mo- I like right, I like right. most of them. I think no, <laughs> I like yeah yeah. I think you like them more than me, I but think but generally like they're fine. There are a lot that are really good even. Yeah yeah yeah, but it's the yeah. f- it's the uh, I think uh, we put it this way: it's the philosophical failure, and I think the. Um, uh, Malik's uh, Dr. No, Safin in the movie, but Dr. No, he has this great, great line I have in front of me. He's telling Bond, it's when they, they like finally get together and they have their tete-a-tete where they're like explaining, and this is actually a really good thing with um, with Bond that I think doesn't always play out in the superhero film is that the, because there's this like, this core of, um, I, I don't know, it's maybe a fantastical kind of dignity where the hero and the villain can be in the same place and they just talk to each yeah. other. I think I like that in Bond. Like they I, just, I love that. Can I just yeah. say that that's one of my favorite part of Bond films is when the villains explain their plans yes. to Bond. Yes. And then everyone is like, 
oh, it's so unbelievable. They would just go ahead and kill him. They're giving... Right. No, 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 no. <laughs> like, the whole point of the crime is so they can explain yeah. the genius of it to Bond. It, it's not, like, to get away with it. No, because if it was just to <laughs> I mean, get away with it, then, like, you wouldn't involve him. But you're right. The point is always, yeah. I'm going to tell Bond what I'm going to do, and I'm going to do it. That's the challenge. The ch- I think you're right. right. And right. I think that sometimes the... Uh, but don't you think that's yeah. true about crime in general, right? Like, mm. we think that, like... People engage in criminal acts to get away with it, <laughs> but they don't. They want to. They want to gain a certain kind of, you know, like the recognition from the person who couldn't possibly recognize yeah. them. You know, right? Like some there's some kind of thing that they're aiming for that is beyond just like gathering the money. Because if you're just looking for money, crime is like you should go work on Wall Street, right? Yeah. Like crime is not the ideal way to, you know. Obviously, people that are just stealing to feed their themselves or people that they love that's a different thing Mm -hmm. but i mean like you know major crime like it's not it's clearly not the easiest way to make money there's something else involved in it anyway yeah no 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 i like it is as a as a um the bond has as the like what justifies or sorry i should say the goal often plays out as like i don't know world domination destroy the like whatever like that usually the the goal of the villains and bonds um but it's really like the recognition in Bond that they're going to do this. Like they they need that, and so it's like the recognition right. of the of of the of the other becomes the, uh, like that's the the reason for doing it at all. Which I think, which is interesting, right? It's not yeah because I think yeah. I think it's I think sometimes in the Marvel films the like the that they're doing it they try to like the villains try to be too cool like it's not relevant that the heroes know what they're doing. They're just, they just, right. they want to do the thing. Right. So it's a little, they're a little more self-interested. Whereas like, I think, right. I mean, yeah. you really, I don't think you get any of these explanatory moments in the Marvel films. I, I mean, maybe in a couple you get it, yeah. but I think they're, it's rare. Yeah. So this is the, so this is the line that I, I think is really great is that, um, so yeah. Dr. No says the bond, uh, well, so there's this really nice uh, exchange. I don't want to read, uh, well, no, you know what? It's worth it. So, uh, if you've, whether you've seen the film or not, um, uh, Safin says, uh, the thing that no one wants to admit is that most people want things to happen to them. We tell each other lies about the fight for free will and independence, but we don't really want that. We want to be told how to live and then die when we are not looking. People want oblivion and a few of us are born to build it for them. So here I am, their invisible God sneaking under their skin because what this villain has done is this like poison, uh, this this super poison with nanobots that uh, has to do with uh, like DNA, like sequencing, just to try to keep it simple. And then Bond says to him in a retort, you know that history isn't kind to those who play, to play God. And that Safin says, and you don't play God. We both eradicate people to make the world a better place. I just want it to be a little tidier. And then this is the line without collateral. I want the world to evolve. Yet you want it to stay the same. Let's face it, I've made you redundant. And that's it. That's that's the thing that I want to get to is that quite yeah. quite often, I think that what the um, No Time to Die nails is that um, the superheroes are put, uh, I mean, certainly Bond is, is put in this place uh, in this film. They're put in the position of upholding status quo, which w- right. is how I have started to explain ideology uh, in classes is that like what's like what's ideological is, is uh is that which upholds status quo. So, right, and I isn't that isn't what's interesting is the difference between the western and the superhero film yes. because the western is about how to constitute 
a community, yeah. right, or a social order, yeah. right? And so, so there's this threat that is actually existential mm-hmm. to the the very formation of the order, and we're going to try. And the, so, this this extra legal violence is necessary because the law do, is is feckless, right? Yeah. There is no law really that actually is in place yet, and so, and I and I so that's why that's that the Western hero is necessary, whereas. In the superhero film, the communities are the social order is already established, mm-hmm. right? Like it's already there, and so you, it's only the superheroes only just trying to keep it going, yes. right? Like I think that's such a good point by you that, you know, we can talk about Bond's relationship to the superhero because I think he's outside of that. Although mm-hmm. in this way, I think he is a figure of the superhero, and in, in so far as Safin correctly describes him, right? Like mm-hmm. he wants to keep things going and I think that's why it's absolutely crucial that even the best superhero films and I think we'll talk about a few that we think are pretty good they it's never their action is never a challenge to the excess of capitalism right, right? it's an excess of some kind of criminality yeah. yep but never the excess of capital itself which is you know obviously I mean that you could have this whole like like economic explanation, right? Like Hollywood's not going to make a film that's right. going to call into question its own <laughs> basis. But but that's not really right because they're, they, like we just talked about Jack Reacher and Hell or High Water. So clearly they do make films like that. Right, right. Which shows that that kind of explanation is is not worth the paper it's printed on <laughs> because I didn't <laughs> write it down. <laughs> uh, so, but I think that the, but, but it's interesting then that the superhero film just seems unable to get to that position. And, uh, you know, even though, even when there's some like internal critique of the superhero, like in the boys or mm. things like that, mm-hmm. uh, there's still, or the, or WandaVision, which I think you can talk yeah, about much yeah, better so. than me. Mm-hmm. Uh, but there's still not, there, it, in no place is the superheroes responding to an excess of capital. Oftentimes, they are the excessive capitalists, that's like true. Tony Stark, yeah. like like Bruce Wayne, even right? Bond. So that's even the, Bond a little. I mean, like it's it's the government, but it's like all the all the gadgets and stuff like that. It's, right. Yeah. Right. Right. Yeah. Right, exactly. Yeah. And it is interesting, and and uh, like to to, to and I'm going to use this tie to to get to talking about the superhero films. I think that Bond influenced the superhero films and I think now superhero films have influenced Bond because I think the right, the right. the Bond that is closest to the um to the superhero is the Daniel Craig Bond. Um but there are some key differences and there's something really interesting that I want you to talk about. We're gonna get there uh, I think you want to talk about this with Superman too, which is the like the the non possibility of the superhero being a sexed being. And I think it's so interesting to think about I want you to establish this obviously first with uh well, no, I want you to establish that, that idea after I say this. It's Bond has a lot of sex, but it's only in No Time to Die that he becomes a sex to being, I think, because it's the like if you uh, he has a child in this film and it's like. Right. And so all the other it, it, it's, it's almost saying all the other Bonds were impotent, except for this one. You don't think. Oh, maybe I was going to say our collective favorite one. Mm. on Her Majesty's Secret Service. Oh, yeah. I, you, you don't think that he's a sexed being in that one? No, I think, mm, maybe, yeah, maybe. I I, I think, I, I just think that... Like, but I see what yeah, you're saying, because yeah, yeah. he doesn't have a child, he's married. But he right, right, right. So, like, I am, I'm I'm making it more, like, like adapting it to the, like, to the series, to the internal rules of the series itself. Like, Bond yeah. having sex is, like, 
he like him having a drink. It's just like it's not, right, not it's not right. exceptional. It's at all. It's like that's how the character is is written. So for him to have a child, that's the that's the that that I think that makes him a sect being within the confines of the or the, right. or the coordinates of the Bond series itself. But anyway, right. so that's a, so although it's interesting they have to kill him off afterwards. Right, exactly. Just like when yeah, when he got married, they had to kill off his wife. Exactly. Right? Like they can't sustain that yeah i think that's it i think that's it and that's the interesting limit i think of 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 bond because it's like um this is it's a little bit like the uh the motto of the uh of the writer's room for seinfeld no hugging no learning like you just can't like and and, and this does go back to comics and to superheroes which was and this happened in the 80s in uh, dc comics which was that no one could have families that was, was an absolute like mandate like you, you no one could be happy and no one could have families. And um, it's interesting, like, uh, so, like suddenly, so was, I don't know, um, and, and maybe this is something we could come on to talk about, like suddenly that makes having a family in the context of superhero suddenly like not normative, even though like it is, of course, like right. for our world. It's like, like a radical act. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> so I, I, which I find really, I find interesting. But um, let's, right. let's talk about the two right. super, Superman films. Yeah, because so, that is when so it begins for, in earnest, I think, as a as a genre right. worth talking about and uh, gets us to so, sort of the things we want to get to with the, the genre, which is just, if, you know, we didn't say this at the top, but I mean, why are we talking about it? Is just, it's the dominant genre of the moment. Right. And so how do we It's the dominant here? genre of the moment, right? It's really hard to avoid either you see an animated film or you see a superhero film when you go to the multiplex. Yeah, right? yeah, yeah. <laughs> it's, uh, it's the only it's film that's much... pandemic proof, like the Spider-Man movie. Right, like right, it continues right. to be the Spider-Man one. movie. Yeah. Right, right. Like even Spielberg had a bomb compared to, you know, and and, and but Spider-Man wasn't. Right? Yeah. So I think yeah, I mean, that's right. So so I think so so it begins basically 1978 Superman one Richard Donner directs it and it's with Mark. It's costs a lot of money. I think it's the most, the highest costing film to the time at the time. Yeah, that's correct at the time. Right. And, and the, I, I was telling you before that mainly it's because Marlon Brando was in it Incredible. and he got, he was in it for like 10 minutes and he got, you know, an obscene amount of money. Uh, so Superman one is, it's okay. It's interesting. It's just a, it's an origin story basically. Mm-hmm. And the one thing that's kind of compelling about it is that he has to say Lois Lane dies in the end. Mm. And in order to save her, he has to defy the laws of physics by making time go backwards, by by going around Earth so fast that Earth starts to spin the other way. <laughs> Why that would make time go back, yeah. uh, I don't know, but that's not uh, – anyway. <laughs> Forget uh, forget that, yeah. Yeah, yeah, whatever. But, but uh, so that's kind of like it, – it, it does set him up. The notion that the superhero is not e- is is so exceptional that they are not even bound by the laws of physics that bind other people, mm-hmm. right? So that's the first, that's in the first film, and I, I think that's pretty. That's, that's a principle. A, that's a nice. For, that's a principle, yeah, right? And it's yeah. a nice idea. And then the second one is two years later, nineteen eighty, and, and interestingly, I mean, it, it's just, it's just kind of gossip. Richard Donner got fired off this one, even though they were simultaneously shot, which is. A, is it not uncommon thing at the time? Mm-hmm. Uh, and he, but before they could finish the second, he got fired, and this guy Richard Lester replaced him. So there's this whole mystique about the Richard Donner cut. It turns out it's not really all that different. So it's not this great. It's not this great revelation of the you know the the missing uh, 45 minutes of Magnificent Ambersons. It's not exactly because Richard Donner is not 
the director of Magnificent Ambersons. No, right? he's not so, Wells. Nor, uh, <laughs> nor is it the nor is it the gap in the Watergate tape. You know, it's not a. That's right. Yeah. That's right. That's right. It's not this great thing. Uh, actually, my view is the Lester stuff that he like. He makes it a little comic, like the mm. like the, the fight movies. between. Right. He did. He did. Right. So this this is why he does that, and 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 you know he makes some of the fight scenes between Zod, General Zod, and Superman funny. Okay, I mean, that doesn't bother me so much. Anyway, the whole point of Superman 2, the, the, the interest of it, lies in this that Super Lois Lane discovers who Superman is, which was a big thing in the, the first one, that it was a secret. Mm-hmm. Uh, and, she, and she discovers it when they're at Niagara Falls investigating a lover, like a, a scam about, uh, about hotels there or something. Mm-hmm. Uh, and Superman puts his hand, so she jumps into the, the, the falls and thinks that he'll save, and he doesn't reveal his identity to save her. Mm. So she's like, "I was so stupid." But then they're back in the hotel room warming up, and he puts his hand right in the fire to to brace himself, and it doesn't burn, and then that gives him away. Mm-hmm. And then mm-hmm. they decide he they decide to become lovers, and he has to in order to become lovers, he has to give up all of his superpowers. So he enters into this chamber in the fortress of solitude everything and he turns and he, he's powerless mm-hmm. right and so then he goes to a he and then at the same time the, so they have a incredible sex in the fortress and it's great and and the I same think reference in Seinfeld I believe but yeah anyway like because that, that okay was, that's that, cool that was a big that's reference cool. yeah yeah, the, the culturally, yeah. yeah, yeah. so mm-hmm. so then at the same time the three villains are coming to earth because Superman at the very beginning of the film had thrown a bomb mm-hmm. out into space, a nuclear bomb, and it erupted and it blew up in space. And the shockwave freed them from their prison that was going around mm. and around. And so then they come to Earth too, and they're in the process of conquering the planet mm-hmm. while he's having this <laughs> incredible romance with Lois Lane, and then. Mm-hmm. They come back to a diner on their way back to civilization. I th- assume it's in Canada or Michigan. I don't know. Mm-hmm. Uh, probably shot. And somebody, yeah. probably, probably, yeah. and somebody beats it. this guy. His name is Rocky. Mm-hmm. In the they just not Rocky Balboa, but just some Rocky guy. And he just beats the crap out of Clark Kent, mm-hmm. and and he can't do anything, and he bleeds, and then, but at the same time. Right after he's beaten up, he discovers that General Zod has had himself proclaimed, you know, emperor of the entire world. And mm. he's like, where is the Superman? I defy him to come to me. And then he walks back up to the to the fortress and he finds one little piece of it left and rebuilds it and, and mm. that's it. And then he and then he, of course, ultimately defeats them. Yeah. So what's interesting is of course just this moment where he has to, in order to be which has not been followed up by Marvel at all, mm. really, that in order to be a superhero, you have to not be a sexed being. And I, I just yeah, I kind of yeah. love that idea that that, mm-hmm. that as a figure of exception, and I think it's true in the Western too, right? Like you don't see the Western hero, like Shane is Shane is lusted after by the mm. the 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 woman at the farm, but she's not there's they don't even kiss. There's no possible like he's out of He's not a sexual, he's not within reach sexually, mm-hmm. right? So mm-hmm. I think that that's, I think that's something that follows from the Western. And I think that's a pretty, pretty interesting idea that, that the superpower depends upon, like once you're sexed, you're lacking being. 
and that the superpower only exists insofar as you're not a lacking being like everyone else. Mm, yeah. So that it, it's it's fascinating. Like this. So it's, it's almost like this. Like um, uh, the thing with the Marvel. I I I I I see. I see kind of where we're going with uh, with, with this because it's there's no. And I, uh, there's like no value in being a regular person in the, in the, in the Marvel cinematic universe. In like the Marvel like what's even yeah. the point of being someone who's not a superhero in these movies or, or is rich enough to have like superpowers? Like what, like what's the, what is, what it could honestly be the point. And so what Superman two does is it makes like a very, like a mundane fact of humanity, uh, something that's out of reach for the person who has the superpower. Right. It's like a privilege. Yeah. It's like, like you can have sex. Like that's a big thing. It's, it's interesting. Like, and, and so I think there, there are a couple things here is that, um, it would be easy, I think, um, to, to say that like, oh, well that, I, I th- okay. So can I give you a take? I don't agree with this take, but I want to give you a take because okay, to, to okay, sort okay. of, and, and I want to see what you do with the argument against this. Okay. All right. So I could, easily see a take that goes like this what superman 2 uh does and establishes is that um superheroes have to have uh repressed sexuality they have to repress their sexuality in order to uh be super to have these powers now we finally moved to a place where superheroes don't have to do that where they can be uh sexually liberated as well as having superpowers and that's better don't you think it's almost exactly the opposite? I do, of course. But what would you do with that argument? Because I, because I, I feel like that's like you could, you could see that in the air, right? Like the, like yeah, oh, I guess so. Yeah, but yeah, 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 I guess so. Here's what I would say: like the the whole point is he can't repress his sexuality. <laughs> that's mm. why he feels like he'd rather he thinks like from his perspective, he's like it's it's a no brainer. Like I have to give up my superpower because I really want to have sex with Lois Lane. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. And like, I, I've spent this whole year, I don't know how long it's from one to two, but years mm-hmm. like lusting after her, mm-hmm. desiring her, loving her even. And I can't do anything about it because I'm Superman. And so I, I want to actually, I, I, I want to make this, I want to give up the power because to me, the power is nothing compared to the ability to love someone. And I think mm. today, like nice. Nice the, in the Marvel movies, it's, it's the opposite, right? Like nobody has to ever make a choice. Like there's yeah. never a, like, this is why you said like, it just sucks being a normal person because all you're there is just to be killed, right? Like, yeah. or, or saved, like, which are equally bad, Right, like the the, the best. There's no... The best is in in the Spider Man movies is that like it, he's got that friend of his who's a normal person, and then he has um, uh, MJ. But like the problem is, is like what 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 gets into is that like the and this ended up being in like the Tobey Maguire uh, movies as well. Of course, he gets to be a sex being with uh, you know Mary, uh, Mary Jane, but uh, like the the women the love object becomes they just become objects of peril and so that's the right. whole that's the, and then that becomes their only point and it leads to this is a um uh was this a daredevil comic i don't remember there's this trope i don't know if you ever heard this before it's called um women in refrigerators have you ever heard this 
No. So I don't know if I forget what comic it was. It was like, or maybe it was the flash. I, I, I apologies. I'm sure someone has this on lock who's listening, but I, yeah. I do not. And, um, he, the, the superhero gets finally is actually is happy and has like a moment. Like he's with the, the, the woman he's in love with and, uh, goes back home and she turns, finds out that she's been killed. Like he goes to like get a beer from the fridge and the comic, but she is in there. She's been killed and shoved in the fridge. And now suddenly he has a revenge ambition to be a superhero. And so ah, right. what this trope is, is that like, like you, almost always a male character falls in love and it's almost always heterosexual too, like with a woman and then uh, becomes happy. And that's a threat to there being uh, like narrative tension. So she's got to go. Like there's no other way around it. Like it's, it's impossible. So, right. um, so like the, like the, the character falls in love in order to be fridged as the, as, as it goes. So I think that is the, like, that's the, the underside of that, what, of that, which, uh, supports having uh, superheroes become uh, sex beings, which makes again, that idea. And I think you did a nice job of showing that it's not repressed sexuality uh, at all in Superman two. Like it, like it, it heightens it more, you know, like, like, like the, like how we were talking about in a previous episode, like how the code heightens, um, like sexual scenes by not, but you can't, you can't actually show it. So you just have to come up with other ways to show it. And that actually makes it more obvious. Um, than you know how nor- like regular sex scenes are in films today. So I think well, the only yeah. one that seems like not to 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 where the superhero is really a sexed being mm. in a way that's not you know not this woman in the is Deadpool right? Like mm. this isn't the second Deadpool isn't the entire project of that trying to rescue her? But I guess mm. the problem is you know he even has to turn back time and everything like but. But isn't the problem of that that it's still this woman in peril problem? Yeah. Right. Like, yeah. yeah the damsel. I don't. I don't think. Stress, right. Yeah. Right. Yeah. Exactly. And that's what. What's interesting is that Lois Lane. I guess in the first one she's in distress, but basically she's a very, she's an agent herself, mm-hmm. right? Like mm-hmm. she's a she's a like she's the she's an investigative reporter, like Clark. You know, like so so it's much more her agency, mm-hmm. I think, than than her being in just like just this woman in distress. So I think that that's, I think, so even Deadpool, I think that falls into that, into that problem. Yeah, no. So Deadpool two, I guess is the one, right? Produced by a former Pomona graduate. Wow. Put that, put that, yeah, just put that one out there. So something happens. Okay. So this is, so I think, um, so we go, so 78, we begin super, just to be a little film historian about this, right? Yeah. So we've got, we got the, the first two Superman movies, um, and then there were two more. And the big thing is eighty nine, right? So that's that's Batman, Batman. the Tim Burton Batman, right? Yeah. Right. And so this is a time. It's like so funny to go back to think about this. Like there, um, I mean, I remember when I was a kid, I had this this anxiety that like a superhero film was going to come out and it would be bad, and they'd never make another one. And that, yeah, I don't think you had to worry about that. No one has to worry about that ever again. <laughs> it's, yeah, it's very. But let me just tell you. So. Yeah. I was at both these Superman. I was a just a kid. Mm-hmm. I was little, but but Batman. I was a I was a senior in college, mm. and I I took my college, unfortunately, my college girlfriend, uh, and and we went to the theater, and it was like it was so packed, mm. and everybody was like in dressed in Batman outfits. Yeah, of course. Like it was like there was so much buildup mm-hmm. to a comic book 
film coming out. It was just inc- it was incredible, really. Yeah, incredible. It was like it was akin to like you know uh, Empire Strikes Back mm-hmm. or something, right? Like like it was really had that kind of thing. And and the bird films I think are fine, right? Mm-hmm. They're very they're campy, I think. And I and 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 even the Superman ones are a little campy. So that was a thing, right? Mm-hmm. That that the superhero film started out as this campy thing, which is why I think you had this fear that maybe it'll be it'll be lost. And then that that camp element just well, it disappears in two in two like uh in two sequences, right? Mm-hmm. Like the first sequence is is two thousand five uh Batman begins. Yeah. Right? Like yeah. Nolan, I think fundamentally you I was going to say he fundamentally changed the genre, but he didn't because it it became something else mm. when Iron Man came out in 2008. But he decided to make Batman completely, as much as possible, realistic, yeah. right? Like, that was yep. the idea. Mm-hmm. I yeah, th- even though he's still, he was still an exception, sure. but he wasn't super powerful, unlike the earlier Batman. I mean, and all of his devices theoretically i guess were just could be invented right like they yeah. weren't i think they the, weren't like it, the, crazy the yeah. nolan the nolan thing is is really interesting because like you're right like the the burton batman and then he got uh kicked off of being able to do batman because of uh danny devito's penguin in the second one which like right he i think there is a lot there there's some information out there that like he was told that like to make a toy of that, pe- uh, no one would want to play with a, like a penguin that disgusting. Like, so that's, so then, <laughs> so then it got, so then the Schumacher. Then it's Joel Schumacher, yeah, right? Even, yeah. so there, yeah. yeah it, it gets even worse, right? Yeah, yeah. there's, I, you know, it's funny because I always think this is a really great um, like mandala effect or like one of these like lines, these that people think is real, but is not. Um, Schwarzenegger never says freeze to meet you, but everyone thinks he does. <laughs> Everyone absolutely thinks he says yeah. freeze. To, yeah. He says ice. He says ice to meet you. I think or something like that. Or maybe. Oh, it, interesting. Yeah. Interesting. Um, Does yeah. Clooney start out? Is Clooney Batman right after? No, it's in the Kilmer. First Schumacher. Kilmer. Right. It's Kilmer, and then right. it's Clooney, and then that's the Batman with the nipples, which is and that's that's Batman and Robin. That's right? Batman like, and that's Robin. That's the one with. O'Donnell. Chris O'Donnell, yeah, right. yeah, 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 and so those, and so that happened, and it was like we're never going to get a superhero movie ever again. And then the Sam Raimi Spider-Man movies, which were um, campy in a different way, more of like a like a gore kind of horror type type thing, because right. that, that was his that right. was his thing. That's him. Yeah, right. but it still had that. Um, it still had a like a levity in the frame that you just you don't get with Nolan. Um, and I there's think no levity at all in Nolan, no, right? No, not right. at all. Although right. I would, I would say this, there's still, I, I would say that like, you're kind of, um, I don't know. There's, there's, there's a, uh, there's an idealism at times to Nolan. And I think that it gets in particularly the second movie, I think. Yeah. Uh, yeah. so it's in which uh, some people had a problem with like, Oh, you're making a realist movie, but then the people don't vote to kill the, criminals and uh, on the boat and it's like oh, why do you want why would you want that to happen exactly. well it's because no but it's the criminal isn't it because the criminals decide first right like well, they don't i thought know that that was, that was the whole setup and not i guess get, they don't know not right, to right, get into right, the weeds it's right, yeah a group right. of yeah so it's a group of criminals and then a group of rich people uh, basically on a yacht like decide not to kill each other at the same time and that, that ruins right, the joker's right. plan so this like right. 
kind of right. this this uh this trust in, in in humanity is what kind of comes through in that right. in that moment right and that that right and also yeah. I mean the other problem of course is that it's at the time of the Patriot Act and mm. and and Batman sets sets up the surveillance system yeah, he does. of all of he Gotham right does. and I mean the only thing that's interesting I, I I've written as like an uninteresting article on it but. And it's, I think, in my book on Christopher Nolan. But, but the only thing that's kind of cool about it is that he willingly becomes a fugitive, mm-hmm. and he destroys the surveillance system after he uses it. So that that's two things. And I, I think so. I once said that, like, it it just was a lesson to Bush that he should have like turned himself into the Hague as a huh. as a war criminal yeah. after the Iraq War, which would have you know gone a ways to to. <laughs> To bringing some justice to the world, but yeah. I, I do think that I do think that that is a. You're right. There's this kind of idealism. Well, can, can I see? Can, I don't know. I, I even like the third one. I want to. Yeah, go ahead. I you want to see on that for a second yeah. because this yeah. is the because this is the the um the difference and this is the idealism of that Batman movie is that for with the Patriot Act it's uh, emergency powers that become permanent and right. like like a a permanent violation of what was right. previous. Right. Whereas what Batman does at the end of Dark Knight is he has these this emergency surveillance network that is exceptional and just to use the one right. time. So right and so it, right it's a it's a con, it's a conception of exception mm-hmm. as what has to be destroyed, which is kind of like the western, right? Yes. So yeah. I think Dark Knight and that whole sequence is closer to the western than any of the other current. Superhero. Films, so you'd say right? that the Spider-Man movies in the '90s and uh, and the Batman movies that in the late '80s, like we got got away from the Western, and then no yeah. one brought it back. Yeah, 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 yeah. Yeah, I think that's right. And then and then more recently, though, then the exception becomes permanent. So yeah. we'll I'll talk about that in a second. But I'd I'd like to just stick on Dark Knight Rises for a second because I I like that film more than other people do because I think it. I mean, clearly, one of the problems is Batman's kind of on the wrong side mm-hmm. in that film, right? And then it, and the other, I think, real problem is that initially Bane seems like this great revolutionary figure, but then it turns out that he's only doing the bidding of the Marion Cotillard figure, who's yeah. who's just wants revenge on Batman. Right. So it's kind of like because she's the daughter of Ra's al Ghul, right? Mm-hmm. So. I, I think it really that's a real compromise of the radicality potentially of the film because like mm-hmm. like the destruction of the stock market and all that stuff, like it's these great scenes but that's the stuff of the villain right and then the villain who's only doing this for revenge so I don't know I thought that film had a lot of potential that then it kind of lost but it brings back this point of we never see the superhero even under Nolan. Mm. Counting, countering the excess of capital, right? Yeah, like, so th- instead yes, they're just yeah. trying to do exactly what you said Bond is trying to do. Like, how do we keep things the same, even yeah. though it's untenable? Mm-hmm. The planet's burning up, capital's out of control. Mm-hmm. It's untenable, but the superhero is going to try to keep it going. Can I add a double problem to, to yes, that film? Good. Which is yes. that I said that many many episodes ago. I um I didn't I didn't have the examples, and I said that uh. You know, obviously, the very f- famous 
uh, phrase either, uh, and I don't want to settle it because I think it's uninteresting, either said by Frederick Jameson or Slavoj Zizek that we can far more <laughs> easily imagine the end of the world and the end of capital. I And yeah. my thing, just a little twist on here, is I actually think the problem that we can imagine the end of capital just always looks like the end of the world. That's actually what the problem is. And I think Fight right, Club's a very good right. example of this. The end of capital looks like the end of the world. And it I does. and right. I think Dark Knight Rises, same thing. Like that looks that like the the this destruction of Wall Street, like that it looks like the end of the world. And there's a nuke and you know involved and Batman has to get rid of it. So like literally the world doesn't end. And I think right. that's the that's the problem. Is that the the end the end of capital seems in the in I guess it, like in, in these kinds of films, uh, or just the film in general always looks like the the world is ending and that that i think is the problem that's a great point yeah i think it's a really really great point totally agree with that i think it's great yeah yeah and then and then so then the nolan it's interesting again because i i just said this that i think that i thought the superhero film was fundamentally changed right by nolan but Mm -hmm. then it turns out that you know iron man gets made 2008 and then there's this whole other thing which is certainly not the nolan vision of the superhero that Marvel unleashes and then DC tries to copy. Uh, And it's, I don't know. It's, it's, it seems like it's again, this problem of the exception, right? And Mm -hmm. the, again, the the exception never takes on capital, but tries to keep things going. And, and I think the other problem with the the Marvel superheroes is the villain, right? Like Mm -hmm. they're, they're almost never, Maybe you'll tell me some exceptions. There's almost <laughs> never an interesting villain, I don't think. And, and I think we both are firm believers in Hitchcock's dictum that the villain makes the picture, yeah. right? Like that. And so that, to me, I mean, it's a problem because if, a, if the superhero has superpowers, then it's hard to create a villain that's interesting and not just, like, hyper-powerful. Yeah, right? talk, so up, talk a, about Man of Steel for a second. Yeah, so I think this would be the... Apogee? Can you say this in a negative way? The ne plus ultra of of, of horrible, uh, like you can't get any better of bad get any better of the worst. <laughs> yeah, right. So it's very funny. Uh, yeah. So here, if you haven't, hopefully no one has seen it. But but there's about a forty minute power like fight sequence between, and I I took my very young son Dashiell was pretty young at the time and we went and and general zod and superman were fighting 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 and he turned to me he's a little kid he's like when is this gonna end this <laughs> i'm like i'm like god only knows man uh and so you, you know part you can't have two immortals that can't be hurt in a no. protracted fight against yes. each other you really shouldn't have them in a short fight against <laughs> each other but a protracted one is especially bad so to me that film, I think you told me it's Zack Schneider, which, you mm-hmm. know, if he, wherever he's living, it's too nice of a place for him to be living <laughs> in. But um, but it's, it's like, really, I mean, like, it, it, I don't know. I, I don't know about you, but if I were Minister of Culture, he would be never, he'd be forbidden from ever making a film. Because so he, he also did that horrible 300, I think. He yeah. did. So he had, so to, I don't know if this redeems. You're going to defend him. Now, I'm going to yes. defend, okay. well, because there's a line in Justice League. There's one line, okay. one idea. Okay. And I think this is okay. the, this. I think this ends up being the problem is that um, 
the, uh, the, the good ideas, the potentially like radical ideas become, um, sort of like few and far between the really good villains like Loki have to become heroes, uh, right. you know, because they're in the end, they're not evil. They're chaotic neutral, uh, in the D and D alignment, as I was explaining to you before the show. And so long. that took Ryan a long time to explain. <laughs> well, so the problem, and I think this is, and maybe we can come on to this is that the, um, there is a problem of radical evil. Like even like Thanos is, it's a very rational kind of evil. And right. it's, it's so right. anyway, but uh, so Snyder, um, there's one really interesting idea in, in, uh, in justice league when they're trying to uh, Batman's trying to get the justice league together after Superman has uh, given up his life to save the world in the previous film. And, uh, they're talking about they they find they have to find this device I forget what it's called and it can uh, it can reverse cause and effect basically okay. and so the way okay. they explain it I think this is really cool is that anybody can burn a house down but to turn a to turn smoke into a house takes some doing. <laughs> and this is uh, what they try to do to bring basically to bring uh, a Superman back to life. Is they're turning okay. they're turning smoke into a house, and that I thought was pretty cool. I thought that was a, pretty cool. Yeah, it's a nice, That's it's a, cool. it's a dialectical reversal, and so I thought yeah. th- that was yeah. it. Now I don't know that the, the so there is um, the Flash in that film uh, breaks the rule. He actually does go to f- he he breaks uh, time like and 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 like he goes faster than the the speed of light. And to <laughs> really change, yeah wow. to change something from happening, and it creates and I don't know uh, what I think. Um, the the next flash film is going to deal with these cons like there's just huge consequences from him having done this it's a uh it's a great series in the flash comics called uh flashpoint uh where okay. he like uh, um it's a, a similar to what marvel is starting to do is that like it creates uh just to be really basic about it, it creates a multiverse problem basically right it's a right. it's a you, right. you know uh similar to um superman uh, p- uh getting rid of the nuke by putting it in space right like it creates this problem right. where like right. you've you've allowed evil in or just or you've upset the uh you've upset status quo and so um unfortunately the like so this is i, I think what like marvel is like is is uh set themselves onto is that they had the great villain, the great binary against Thanos, and now they're going into the multiverse. And what they're going to have to do, my, this is my hope, I, I said this to you before, they're going to have, like, if you go too far into the multiverse thing, like, you can't let it stay that way because then nothing right. means anything. There can always be some universe right. where something didn't happen right. or something did. And so there's no, so to close that, there has to be something that obliterates the multiple, some some logic, some idea that does that, and it can't just be. I would argue it can't just be return to status quo. There has to it has to be some new thing created. So we'll we'll see what happens. I think more likely it's a return to status quo with some. Yeah, you're more sanguine than me about these yeah. things. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. But but yeah, yeah. So that's a good defense of him. I mean. It's a good is that idea. True? Like yeah. I, yeah, I think that I like that idea that like one line can save your life, right? Like yeah, one line yeah, can yeah. redeem your whole filmmaking mm-hmm. output. I think that's, you know, I hope that's true of me. <laughs> <laughs> like I think maybe there's like one good line in all those crappy things that I've written. So I think that I like that idea. Uh, I also think that, 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 you know, your the point about the, 
you know, like what Marvel does is I think really, I think your point about the multiverse as the contempt, like that seems to be the current turn. Yeah, I think so. Right. And then, and then I do think like with the, it's like with the idea of eternity, right? Like, like, except it's just extended spatially. Mm-hmm. That, like if, if, you know, anybody who's thought about eternity thinks like, wow, everything is possible. So nothing means anything. Sure. Like that's a yeah. really, yeah. that's really horrible. And so I think that that's something that, that they're going to have, as you, as you're rightfully saying, are going to have to wrestle with. It's just interesting to me that, that I'm not sure that when they made Iron Man in 2008, that this was the, like it really exploded. No, Todd, I think it couldn't in ways. Have, Todd, it literally couldn't have been. I know Kevin Feige. I don't know how you say his last name, so I'm maybe saying it wrong. But like he's the in control of the, the the whole arc. It literally cannot have been because the whole way they're getting into the multiverse is through Spider Man, and they didn't even have Spider Man as a property that they could use. That had to come from a deal with Sony that they struck like seven years ago. So no, no way did they have this plan. Not possible. Right, but not even I think they they weren't even sure they were going to like be successful with all these films, right? Well, so like the, they just They kind did of, have Samuel at the time and this is like sometimes you can remember something from so so long ago that it's that fewer other people remember and you feel like you're a conspiracy theorist but you just like yeah. you just remember something that happened and other people don't. Yes, but yeah. uh, um so at the end of the first Iron Man movie the it was the first time they did the thing where the end of the movie is not the really The post credit thing? Yeah, it was with yeah. Nick Fury and Samuel L Jackson and he wasn't just signed to do that. He was signed for six movies. At oh, that wow. time. Yeah, and people thought that was crazy because it was still that that time where like Batman, the Nolan's Batman being the exception as a as as a as a series, I guess that it was just so variable how superhero movies would do in the box office. So people thought that right. was nuts. That that the first one well, that Sam Jackson signed up to do six movies, right? And what right. and another that Marvel thought that they that they could really make it work. So yeah. Well, don't you think it's interesting that that the. Like the, so, the main villain is Thanos, right? Which is for the first kind of like thirty on. movies. Like he's he's the guy right. behind the, play the guy. On th- yeah, mm-hmm. right, right, right. But his ultimate project. Mm-hmm. I just want to. Th- I want to just di- think about Let's this for yeah, a yeah. while. Like his his ultimate project. So there's this this. Uh, I don't know. Is he a philosopher? He was a, a minister, actually. Mm-hmm. Uh, Thomas Robert Malthus, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And 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 that's. And so his, I, I mean, is he, maybe he's an economist. I don't know. Yeah. Uh, but his notion, so he wrote a book on population, and his 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 idea was because the he, <laughs> Marx hated him mm-hmm. because he basically blames the poor yes. for their poverty because they produce they they reproduce too quickly for their own what they're able to sustain. So, but he kind of works this out quasi-mathematically. What's interesting is that Darwin claims that reading Malthus is what inspired him to write Origin of the Species. So there's Uh, a little bit of controversy there. (laughs) Yeah, anyway, so that's kind of interesting. But anyway. Subsistence um, crisis, right? That's the big. That's that's right. Well, well, I mean, like one of the main things is for Malthus is we're going to have, because people breed Mm -hmm. exponentially, that we're going to have there's going to be a, a scarcity problem, right? Right, like mm-hmm. that's his main thing, and that and that's essential for Darwin too. That there's we're never going to reach a kind of a, 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 some kind of plenitude mm-hmm. because we're always going to suffer from some from scarcity. And it, and I I I I think that that is really 
I mean, so that's Malthus's main claim. And what he doesn't think about is how more population can actually, I mean, I think ultimately there is a population problem, not what the way Malthus figures, but just, I think there is an ultimate limit to what the planet can sustain, obviously. Mm-hmm. But, but what he doesn't, what Malthus doesn't account for is the way in which increased population can generate increased economic fecundity, yeah. right? Like that's mm-hmm. just, he just doesn't think that. And in fact, the other thing he doesn't think is the way in which it's precisely capitalism that has driven the population, whatever you call it, like population bomb, population surplus, mm-hmm. because it requires an excess reserve army of the unemployed, right? It's right. so like it can't yeah. function without that reserve army. So it, it, it basically, I mean, I don't want to be a paranoid conspiracy theorist, but <laughs> capitalism breeds it basically, mm-hmm. right? Like it, it's the, it demands that excessive labor force and it, it, creates it and so well it's also like you can't you can't cleave as he does or i don't know maybe doesn't do like you can't cleave the idea of scarcity as just a pure existential natural fact and not the driver of capital right well i I, uh, right i mean isn't the okay then we're entering a larger problem (laughs) because every economist imagines that scarcity is an existential fact yes right like the discipline Depends on that. Yeah. And I think that is absolutely false. Yes. Agreed. I think it is absolutely false. I think that mm-hmm. there is no, you know, it's funny because this is a book that's close to your heart, although you disagree with it. When, when Sartre wrote a critique of dialectical reason, right after it came out, Lacan says, I think it's pretty good. You know, I've just started to read it. He goes, but, you know, I think that the one little problem is that he assumes that scarcity is a basic fact of existence and i'm not so sure about that and of course yeah. that's obviously just wrong it's right great, like great there are plenty yeah it's a it's right it's an amazing yeah. take and it maybe explains you could maybe explain all the problems with the book in that mm. way but maybe not but anyway so i think that 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 um you know that that assumption of scarcity is also the error of and thanos is a malthusian right yes. like yeah, he yeah, wants yeah. to divide where, yeah. the world in half. Wait, hold on. Thinks, Back it up. Say, I want you to say it yes. differently. Like, you know how, like, uh, on like the Bill Simmons show, he, he cuts those things for the YouTube channel. Like he tells. Yes. Okay. okay. Yes. Yes. All right. You're right. All right. So Malthus. No. 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 I want a... you to say it differently. Think, I want you to say. Uh, I, I'm, I'm going to say it, and then I want you to say it. Thanos is an economist. Okay. Go ahead. <laughs> Thanos is an economist. Yes, yeah. that is true. Yes. That is true. I didn't think you were going to want me to say it that way. I, I did yeah, I think that's that right. <laughs> I think that's right. Yeah, I think it's right. And I think that that, right, like if you're, once you're in an economic kind of thinking, mm-hmm. then what he's proposing makes sense, right? Of course like, it does. I think that that, yeah. There's a whole anyway, sub, so there's I a think, whole subreddit on Reddit about this. It's like kind of tongue in cheek, but I also think it's kind of gateway fascism. Is oh, called, it's that Thanos th- is, is right. Thanos did nothing wrong. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Exactly. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Exactly. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. It's interesting. <laughs> the other one that people think is a few good men, that it's... Uh, that Nicholson is actually right. Like you need me on that wall, whatever I have to, even though his death cost, his death was regrettable, but it ultimately saves lives. Mm-hmm. Like that's another one that people there's, I'm sure there's a, whatever it's called subreddit on that too. But <laughs> yeah. Um, but yeah. The other one also is the empire, like in star Wars as well. Like to the, oh, the empire, because they right. do this thing. It's like, well, to the empire, Luke Skywalker is just a radicalized terrorist. And, and I just like, okay, that's, that's, so that's how we're going to do it. It's like, like we, we, there's no, 
There's no, uh, they're, they're all just positions. They're all equal. Yeah, yeah, it's, blah, yeah. blah, 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 blah. I hate <laughs> yeah. that. They don't even believe it. But no, of course But not. the yeah. Thanos thing, you're right. Like, I think if you're thinking like an economist, yes. it, his position makes makes sense. Incredibly right? reasonable. If you, if that, if yeah. those are the precepts that you have accepted, is that like, if right. there's only, you, there's, only, and you know, it's, it's kind of funny. I, I just, it's, they're not going to do the, they they uh, I I told you about this about the um uh, Falcon and the Winter Soldier show which isn't really that good but it does have this one incredible idea which was that after Thanos the snap as they call it where he kills uh, yeah fifty percent of all life yeah. in the universe yeah um yeah. on Earth because there just wasn't enough people to keep like countries and like communities going that all borders on the planet were erased. <laughs> and it's like and then and then because of the events of Endgame those 50%, 50% of life comes back. And so then to make, then they have to go things go the, there's this push all the governments to go back to the way things were. And then there's this like resistance group that wants to return things to the way they were during the snap without borders. And they, it turns out they're also super soldiers and that ends up becoming the problem. But like the terrorists have the right idea and the show just utterly fails to like, I I think in some way the show, pretty cool. Yeah. The show recognizes this, but then has to like, extra radicalize the terrorists and so you have to not like them personally and then the uh the falcon who becomes the new captain america he says this awful awful line that it's like i agree with your fight but not the way you're fighting it like or something like that it's just absolutely awful um so he's like captain moderate america it ends up becoming it's like not it's not that great so um but the so if you accept, uh, of course, the so anyway. So you could you could do the reversal where where that like uh, if you thought the um if you thought the economist idea r- right was was reasonable this like that there there wasn't so much then you would also I think in some way have to see the radicality of a world without borders after yeah. that as also being. Yeah. Correct, and yeah, I yeah, yeah. sort of yeah. think that those positions don't go together. So that I like, yeah, I but the series that, yeah. isn't right. going to certainly not going to deal with that. I, yeah. they, they try to very yeah. quickly repress that idea. <laughs> right. Um, right. Right. But yeah, so I think that I think you're correct that like the the ultimate villain ends ends up being uh, Malthus or you know like uh, an economist. Most economists are right wing. There's very few. It's like you can name them. It's like Dean Baker is a left-wing economist who I don't, I think he rejects the notion of scarcity as this existential fact. And I think, yeah, I think you have to, if you're, I mean, like Krugman doesn't, I think no, Krugman, I mean, yeah. he's like a good liberal. I think he accepts the notion of scarcity. As, so, as yeah. existential. What about Stiglitz? Does right. he, what do you think about him? Yeah, I don't know. I, I, I've read Stiglitz. I, I think he probably accepts it too. Mm-hmm. Right. Like I think, you know, David Harvey clearly, clearly. doesn't, but yeah. he's a Marxist. Right. right? right so right. yeah. 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 But anyway, I think you're right. I think that that's the, the, it's interesting. I mean, so, so that was a, that was an interesting villain, but Mm -hmm. then he doesn't get, it would be interesting even better. I think if they would have, if they would have identified him with, with the interest of capital, right? Like it just becomes a, Mm -hmm. and this is, I think, I think they had to do this maybe because of censorship reasons, but, (laughs) but, but that they they didn't they they he becomes just a, a wild terrorist yeah. and not not someone rationally articulating the the desire of or the logic of of capital yeah, to it, its no, to its end point. God, and this is such a bummer because like what you what I think um what I think 
and and this is this is maybe goes back to the uh, the idea about the superhero film being a failed genre is is perhaps it lies in the all of these like pieces and these like in the potentiality for interrogation and radicality and the fulfillment of none of it uh, is right, is right. that like it's I think a very strong point and a, and a badly needed point that the logics that we that one think uh, a, a, a good liberal may think is just um, you know, like, oh, well, that's just bad or, you know, like, or that's just like morally repugnant or that's just like, oh, you're just not thinking. Uh, it's like, no, it's, there is a, a rationality to that is actually, it's maybe more rational than, uh, that it's certainly more rational than you're giving it credit for. And so it's, uh, because it quite, quite often it's like the, like the, like the Trump, uh, oh, by the way, speaking of feeling like conspiracy theorists, because you remember something, Tom Brady, yeah. first person to have a MAGA hat. That's he was the first person. He was the, he got the whole thing started with the popularity. Wow. Of that thing. Yeah, I didn't I f- know that. T- yeah, it was in his locker after a game because you know they were friends, and then his yeah. w- wife had to explain to him that you shouldn't do that. So uh, <laughs> thank you, Giselle, the, the 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 real the real hero in the Tom Brady retirement. But, but anyway, yeah. um. Th- what too often happens is like, oh, like, well, the Trumpers, they just like, they're just like, uh, emotional and they don't think. And it's just and there. And it's, it's obviously like, it's, it's racist and, and it's the xenophobic and they're not like, there's no, the, the, and, and they, it gets condescending about like how uneducated they are and all this thing. And what it misses is that like, they are responding to the exact same precept that the economy, most economists accept, which is that, there is a finite amount of resource and opportunity and they are on the outs of it. And that that's what they're utterly convinced by that. Right. Like there's only so much, so many resources, so many opportunities in the world and uh, the immigrants are taking them or, 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 or whatever it is. And if they, if they can't get it, then, then someone else will, and they have to, they have to, to fight. So this, and this radical, rationalism is what I would say is what is completely missed in the, uh, in the, in the political conversation, especially in this, in this country. And I think it's something that could be interrogated by something as mundane and regular as a superhero film like that. Is, right. I think yeah. that's absolutely right. And don't you think that what, what makes it a failed genre is all these missed opportunities mm-hmm. and the fact that there's no, I mean, there's some really good ones, but mm-hmm. there's no superhero masterpiece, right? Like, yeah, I think we could take that's every other genre and we could like hmm. even the musical, which in many ways is a really ideological genre. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. We could pick out like three or four sure. absolute masterpieces, right? Yeah. Like singing in the rain. Like the, 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 yeah, singing in the rain. I was obviously the first thing that came to mind. But but you know, the gangster film, we could think we could find a couple of absolute masterpieces, mm-hmm, right? Like mm-hmm. Roaring Twenties. This is an incredible film. Yeah. Uh, you know, so I, I think, you know even the melodrama, right? Like the Cirque, we could just take every Cirque one from the, from the fifties. And I mean, so that's to me the real thing, right? Mm -hmm. Like that, that there's, there's something, there's the limitation within the genre that doesn't allow for this transcendent, this transcendent film. And I think, I mean, so, so the one that really tries to deal with the problem, and I think it's not that great of a film is Captain America Civil War. Right. And I think it it does try to, I mean, it's it, it could have been written by a gunman actually because <laughs> it really is about so it's so Captain America they they get this thing that the UN wants to 
curb their, like put a, like, I don't know, like restrict their powers, like have some decision power over the Avengers, right? Mm -hmm. And Captain America is like, no dice. We have to decide. We can't let any, we can't let some bureaucrats decide for us. And then Iron Man says like, well, isn't it, it's interesting that it's the rich guy who takes this position. Uh, <laughs> Iron Man says, "Like, no, we have to let the we have to put ourselves under civilian authority." Yeah. And so that their fight it doesn't really get resolved in the film. I mean, they end up teaming up together after I they fight each other. I don't think that ever gets resolved. I think I don't think just, it ever does. They right. just come together right. because there's a greater threat. Right. That's right. But but right. yeah, as because we have talked about this before, it be, this movie begins with a really great ideological split and struggle, and ends with two men beating each other up because one guy's best friend killed the other guy's dad. Like that's right. like right. yeah, what a falling off. Right. <laughs> I think that's right. And 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 you're right. I think you're right to say that never really gets developed because then they have to fight against Thanos and then Iron Man dies and Captain America goes back into the past. Right. So it just yeah. it ends up kind of kind of disappearing. Uh, it capitulates the particular, you that, the Avengers come together because they have to, partic- like despite their differences, they have to become an all, right? They have to become right, an aggregate right, of right, particulars. Right. There's no, right. there's no universality whatsoever in why they have to come together. It never, never, and the, the, the potential is here, which is like, I think we said this in a previous episode, like, could you imagine, could you imagine the film going the other way around where, uh, Iron Man finds out that Captain that Bucky, Captain America's best friend, killed Iron Man's dad. And then they work through that. And then it ends with this political division, which is right. in the next film the thing that they have to uh right. get over. But instead, it's the right. personal thing completely overwhelms the political difference. And so they never have to deal with it. Well, right. I think that that I mean, doesn't that really get to the heart of it? Like we we can find these one or two examples like this one where mm-hmm. there's a political tension and then it just gets dissolved into personalism. Yeah. And I think yeah. that that to me, that's really like all the political batters, battles are really faux political battles. Like mm-hmm. even the Thanos one, like, is that really a, is that really a political position that's current today? Like the Malthusian, we need to eliminate half the population. No, I don't, no, I don't no think one's so. That, no. no one's that extreme. I don't think. No one. I mean, not even these crazy people on the internet. So I think that that's <laughs> like, it's, it's sorry. That was, that was sounded like a very old person. That's so very funny. funny. Uh, uh, but you know, so I think, I, I think that they're just like, they're, they're, they're just radically depoliticized again in relation to other genres, like the other genres have are, are much, there's much more of a political take. Like even the screwball comedy, oh, it's yeah. not just feminist. Like it's, there's a real, there's a lively politics to like bringing up baby. Could, always in, in, involved. Always, always, right? Like bringing up baby could be, if Hollywood didn't make Citizen Kane, could be the most radical <laughs> film Hollywood ever made. Right? Like there, it's, it's incredible. So, I don't know. It just it seems disappointing to me. Mm-hmm. I guess is 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 my yeah. Well, I verdict. think my so this is my where I think that they the Marvel specifically may be backed into having to do something radical because of the decision to go into multiplicity that I think yeah. it yeah. requires a dialectical move solution exactly to sew up the 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 multiverse to make it just because, one timeline because then 
because things need to matter. Like, the, like there needs to be consequence. You can't like it, it's 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 wor- it's bad enough that as you were saying that like most everyone's immortal or invincible. So like you 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 need to have a way for there to be consequence. And uh, right, at least yeah. Shane gets shot. Yeah, right? like, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> he might be dead. I don't know. Yeah. but don't you think, Ryan? Are you saying that maybe Deleuze is boring? Is that <laughs> what you're saying? This is, philo- I, is that true? So, if multiplicity is boring, are hmm. philosophers of multiplicity boring? Or you, you're not willing to go that? Kyle, much? put on the camera. Right? Is that what you're trying to do to me? Is that that's yeah? Um, I think that. I, yeah, I think for film. Uh, despite, you know, it's really funny. Like, I think that like the Deleuze in film is the logic of the multiple. It's not anything he had to say about film, like large form, yeah. small form, yeah. time image, movement. I don't think it's anything like that. I think that it, it, it comes from the, uh, from what he wrote from like, yeah, from, uh, from the, the rhizome, the rhizomatic spread, this yeah, like absolute, yeah. like, yeah. like lateral, yeah. uh, you know, movement. And, uh, and uh, yes, of course, to use the word again and the multiple, um, I think that it can be, I think it's one of those things that, ex- I guess I'll say this, maybe this softens it. Uh, I think it okay. can, it, 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 um, it exhausts very quickly because yeah. a- after, cause if you move from, cause if this is what has happened in the Marvel movies, if you move from something that is a binary struggle, like, and even when there is like the individual movies have like concrete villains that aren't Thanos, he's not the villain in all of them, but, but he's lurking behind, he's lurking in the behind, right? So, you yeah, either yeah, so yeah. you've got two like you've got uh, like uh, two binaries happening, you've either got the villain of the film and then you've got the big, the big bad, the, the big bad behind right. the big bad, okay? So, you <laughs> move, Buffy the Vampire Slayer illusion, of course, of course, yes, yeah, yes, no, it has to yes, be there, good. despite Joss Whedon yeah. being a a shit, a, a yeah. terrible person. Yeah. The so the so if you move from the binary to the multiple, it seems really really exciting. And I mean, like like what other evidence did you, do you need other than the fact that people are are uh, willing to get COVID to go see Spider Man in droves? Like it's right, it, and right. which is the first film that really indulges in the um, yeah. in the multiverse. The t- this series Loki does this as well, and it's really really good. Um, not because of the multiverse, but because it has a, a, a Brazil-esque aesthetic uh, is the oh, reason. Oh, wow. Re- yeah, yeah. Okay. The, the, yeah, that's good. Which is why, like, WandaVision is good. Part of the reason is that it actually has, like, a formal thing that it's doing. Like, it's, it does all this, like, TV genre stuff. Um, and it's formally different, which most Marvel is not like it's, which, which is why, which is why you, you, you saying that like, there's not the ma- the Marvel masterpiece and, uh, every director who has done a Marvel film who, uh, like, you know, someone like Edgar Wright, who has like a, like a directorial vision, they get bounced because they're not doing the, right. They're not doing the thing, right. but that doesn't right. mean right. that it's not possible because as we were just talking about in the, uh, production code, there was just absolute restrictions. And like in the studio system, you had to turn these things out and still you yeah. had masterpieces. So I don't know, maybe someone will figure it out. Uh, but um, anyway, to get back to my point about like the multiple seems really exciting as you, after you've, especially in a series where you've had a long time with binary struggles. And so like there, you can do a lot with movies. I'm not sure how many are coming out where they're like, you just have all the movies, uh, like in, like in characters and villains, like across series, like coming in, like, like it can be really, really exciting. But if the idea is that there are just these, um, like these portals and, and like these, these ways to access other worlds and that like, you know, into different timelines and like, then you need consequence and consequence is tied directly to time explained in, uh, no better than, uh, Leonard Shelby in Memento when he says, how right, can, right. how, 
can I, what is it, the line? It's a, Carrie Ann Moss is asleep next to him. And he says, how can I heal if I can't feel time? Right. And, and then in the uh, short story that um, uh, John, uh, oh, he goes by Jonah Nolan now, I think. But Christopher Nolan's brother wrote called yeah. Memento Mori. Um, there, it's, it's even actually more explicit that like when this character who can't make new memories uh, can't feel time, therefore there's no memory, there's no consequence to the actions that he does because he's on this like kind of revenge thing right. that you're not sure if it's happening or not. So right. these right. these things come together, I think, um, and will present uh, a problem if you go too far into the multiple where you've just got too many things going on, you've got too many things yeah. without consequence because the, the, you can always just go to another timeline or just turn back time. So there has to be a reason right. why you can't and there has to be a reason why you, you know, there's only really one prime timeline or one thing. So I think eventually the, uh, the Deleuzian logic of the multiple for Marvel will have to be moved past because otherwise there's no consequence and no meaning and nothing is fixed. There's no quilting point, Todd McGowan. And then we'll run into a Hegelian contradiction. They will have to. I would, uh, and yes. and either they will, uh, they will be uh, bad Hegelians, and they will synthesize, or they'll be good Hegelians, <laughs> and they'll obliterate the initial premise through dialectical okay. contradiction. So we'll see what happens. There we go. Uh, what's the lesson, Ryan? I think we we mentioned a film. You mentioned it that I think is the lesson. You think Memento is the lesson? No, oh. no, 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 no. Earlier than that. Earlier than that. Well, you're just gonna have to remind me. Okay, my my uh, my. This is your film. My okay. my th- okay. my take. The lesson is: see hell or high water. Oh yeah, that is a very good film. It's a very that I don't good think a lot of people have seen. Yeah, yeah I agree. That's a great movie. Yeah. Uh, it's a great yeah. western. Oh yeah, a wonderful yeah. lesson. Yeah, and a kind of a heist film. Yes, in a western put together. Yeah, yeah, definitely. All right, good over stuff. and out, Ryan. Over and out, Todd. <laughs>